0: Welcome to the Battle Ready podcast with Earl McManus and Aaron McManus. We are filming live in I'm, Hollywood. I'm so excited about this. I'm excited too. We are in Hollywood, California. That's right. And We've been doing this podcast for a while now, but we wanted to refocus and make some commitments and get in here and do a couple more episodes.
1: We're making commitments to each other and to all of our listeners.
0: Yes. Today we're going to be doing this every single week. Every single week. Every Friday, we're going to drop a new episode. At what time? I don't know what time, but there's no on Friday. You can look in your inbox and you will have a new episode. All right, so every Friday, we'll gonna be Friday. dropping a
1: new Battle Ready podcast. Yeah, I'm I ser- am so
0: excited. If it's Friday, I'm guessing it'll go out Thursday night at midnight, probably. Yeah, All right. I'm, I'm excited. So the Battle Ready kinda came from, the history of the, battle, of the Battle Ready podcast is, Battle Ready was the last chapter of The Last Arrow.
1: And I wrote that book when I discovered I had cancer and I wasn't really sure if that was gonna be the last book I ever wrote and Coming out of that, I came back and, and uh, added that last section of the book just in case it was the last thing that I had to say to the world, to you, to our family. But the reality is that every day is a battle and that every single day we're going to face battles and challenges that we're not expecting. Yeah. They come as a surprise.
0: Big, small, obscure, obvious, internal, external, physical, mental, spiritual, familial, Is that even the right? Family. Yeah, that's that's the right word. Yeah. (laughs) And so political, um, environmental, economical. And
1: we are going to talk about them here. Yeah. And and the reality is that um, our podcast is not really supposed to be a the Road way of staying in the lane of political correctness. Right. We want to go to war against ideas and thoughts, uh, not against people. Yeah. And you and I, um, even though we're blood yes 30 years apart we see the world differently sometimes very differently and sometimes we see the world the same but we come at it very differently very differently. and so we're gonna just be really raw and honest and uh, take people into our battles and hopefully we'll help them with their battles
0: yeah yes we are doing that and so we're gonna do that and then we're committing to releasing a podcast every Friday so that's exciting it is every Friday for a while right and there's there's no look at I'm sure we'll stop like for Christmas but what if we did a Christmas episode I'm not sure But I'm excited. So diving into today's topic, would you wanna tell us what we're gonna talk about?
1: Yeah, we've been in this global pandemic for months. We've been in quarantine here in Hollywood and LA for months, feels like years. Yes. Um, We've had good days and bad days. And I, I think that this second wave has made things harder on people because it's almost like you take a deep breath and you hold it underwater. And then you realize, wait a minute, I'm not near the surface, and you're running out of oxygen. And so I said, hey, why don't we talk about coping strategies?
0: Which is like an actual uh, analogy, because I've had those moments where I've surfed waves that I w- that were far too big for my expertise. And <laughs> where I've had to say to myself, okay, like, nope, yep, I don't have any left, and I'm very deep, and I'm going to die. And you just have to kind of hold, your- you just have to hope that you don't, and hope that you stay conscious, and... You you kick and scream as fast as you can up to the surface, but it seems like as as much as we keep kicking and screaming and hanging onto our breath, we're not going up for air anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and you can't change where the surface of the water is. That's the unchangeable. Yeah. You have to change the way that you preserve your oxygen and fight your way back up.
0: That's that's the uh, you know that's interesting because because one of my good friends was kind of showing me this, I think it was, a, I don't know if it was a YouTube channel or if it was a documentary on big wave surfers and how they train, Oh, you and saw, Navy you SEALs You showed train. Me a little bit of that. Yeah, and I was actually watching a documentary this last week called Shangri-La with Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. And he was working, he was talking with someone who I'm not even going to name because I think he's bizarre, but, but a magician who was talking about how he trained with Navy SEALs to, to hold his breath wow. longer. And, and a lot of it is with these big wave surfers is teaching them not to panic so I think your first reaction is that you breathe when you when you go unconscious under the water. You breathe when you get, regain consciousness. You inhale. That's a bad and idea. It's usually when people die. It's usually right. not from losing oxygen. Your brain can hang on for a while
1: mm-hmm.
0: without you know without oxygen. So when you go under and you go unconscious, it's when you regain consciousness and you breathe in this air that the water fills your lungs and then these guys die and they drown. And what what they teach them is how to drown. And still remain calm so that they're not is basically how to die while you're still alive
1: okay okay wait a minute it
0: is it is fascinating right i'm having a hard time
1: breathing right now and i feel like i'm oxygen deprived essentially (laughs) they they
0: teach these guys and i think if i'm correct they teach these guys how to when they regain consciousness not how not to panic Mm -hmm. right and how to like cope with this idea that you are under the water, you have absolutely no breath left, there are waves going on above you that you can't handle and you have to manage it and understand it.
1: Because well, see, that's a coping strategy. It is. Because you didn't really love my phrase before we stepped on the show and coping strategy, but you have just described perfectly a coping strategy for how not to drown. Yes. Which is pretty extraordinary.
0: Right, and it makes sense to train for something like that when you're surfing waves, but how do we how do we cope with th- this life that we're in, this new reality that we're in, this new understanding that no one is familiar with. I think when you're going towards something and you're understanding, okay, there's a big way that's gonna potentially kill me, I'm putting myself into this danger, mm-hmm. right? It's one thing, but to go, I didn't sign up for this life,
1: <laughs> for the COVID-19, right, but the, what? But even surfing, you're not, you're, you're not putting, you're not choosing to drown, you're choosing to surf. And so you're choosing adventure, you're choosing joy, you're yes. choosing life, and then the waves knock you down and put you in a circumstance that you did not want. You, you did not choose. But the benefit of what you wanted from life was worth the possibility of the consequence.
0: We're talking about two different things when you talk about joy. I don't know <laughs> if big wave surfing is joyful, as much as it's just like a, a rush of adrenaline and okay, so talk about that. Tell me, why do you surf? I definitely, I surf to have fun. I don't surf to drown. Well, wouldn't that be joy? It is, but I'm not, well, I'm talking about, but I don't have to do underwater breathing training. Right, right, but know what I'm survive. saying is that
1: the underwater part, yes. the part of coping with drowning, yes. is only a consequence that you don't want, but, but you have to accept it as a possible consequence because you choose to surf. Yes. It's just like, no one chooses to be bitten right, by a shark. Can, right, no one chooses to be bitten by but, a shark. But, but. that, that possibility is always there.
0: Yeah, when people ask, you know, how many sharks, you know, are there sharks in this, are there sharks out there? Like, of course there is. Because <laughs> recently you were near a shark. <laughs> yes, it was uncomfortable and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> so, so, see, to me I go. In the water. Like we, right. we, like a few of the friends, we're going out in a Manhattan Beach, a local beach, El Porto, and we go through the wave and all of a sudden there's just a gigantic splash. And you can kind of tell the difference between a a shark splash and a dolphin because a dolphin does it gracefully, a shark kind of breaches the surface and then flops over and you see this big white thing. It wasn't a dolphin, let's say that. To the point where there was probably 50 to 100 guys around us
1: that were all in fear. I see, all right. There are two ways I have always wanted to avoid dying. One was drowning. Right. And the other one's being eaten. So it makes sense for you to <laughs> not ever
0: go into the water to surf right. or... But st- so, st- so you're, okay, for. so you,
1: you either, you either put the reality that you could drown and be eaten in, on, on, in some kind of closet so that you can actually go out there and surf. Hey, you don't think about it. I pray, I pray every
0: time I go out, Jesus. Please keep us alive. Right. All so, so, of
1: us. It, so, when you go out there, do you know this is a possibility? Of course, it's a possibility right. because so,
0: you could fall, you could hit your head, you could, you know, break your neck, you
1: could be eaten. You could be eaten. I don't, I don't actually think about it anymore. Right. So, so, what is it? Because it's going to get us to coping strategies. But you love to surf. How did I end up being the guinea pig in this? Well, oh, and, uh, well.
0: <laughs> I didn't mean for me to be the case study. It's, okay. it's going to be like
1: this the whole time. Right, okay. okay so, we're, you're, you're now on the shore. You've got your surfboard. You've made a lot of decisions before then because you, yes. you drove to the beach, everything yes. like that. Yes, yes, yes. But you are deciding that the joy, the temporary pleasure of potentially catching a wave yeah. is worth more than the potential consequence
0: of course and it's and it seems it seems irrational and slightly stupid okay irresponsible at times even Mm -hmm. and there are moments where i where because i'm new to this only three years in there are moments where I look at it while I'm doing it and go, this is the dumbest thing I've done. Right. But you would describe yourself as a fearful person. Yes. A- except that a fearful person like I, wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, like, I, w- <laughs> I would put myself, like, maybe one step above a coward. Because, like, I don't, I'm not a traitor. Because <laughs> I think a traitor would be the lowest level, and then a coward would be the next one. Okay. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I'd put myself, like, maybe the, the one step above that. One step above a coward. Maybe that's the title of this podcast.
1: (laughs) Coping with cowards. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that you're doing something that you don't even perceive as courageous. Right. But because the joy of the experience is worth more to you than the possibility of the consequence. Yes. So maybe that's the beginning point of coping strategies. That you have to find the joy in something that overrides the, the potential consequences. Well, so then, okay, right, okay. It's just one thought.
0: No, it's no, it a started. good thought, but I guess what's, let's determine and identify what we're coping with first, mm-hmm. or what, what we're having to cope with, right? Like I didn't, I didn't choose to live, you decided that for me. And I've, but, right, I didn't choose to be born, you decided that for me, I have to choose to live now. As an, as a, as a, so as then a I would even set that one further back. Being. I,
1: I didn't meet you until you came into the world, so I didn't choose you. God, I think God chose you. Right, but and, you so, chose <laughs>
0: to have a child. God chose to give it, me an identity. Yes. And then I yes. had to choose to receive that identity and to live with it, grow with it, and yeah. become with it. Yes. In moments in the becoming of me, who I am, human, you make decisions, conscious decisions along the way. Some would disagree. Mm-hmm. Deterministic perspective that, that every decision that we made was already a predetermined decision that we've already made, and I don't even want to get into that. Like all the Calvinists. We've and, already decided and Sam that, Harris. that isn't so. No, we've already <laughs> decided, and so is like maybe science, but we're not going to go into that. Yeah. So essentially, I didn't choose to live this life. Right? I didn't choose to live in L.A. in the middle of COVID-19. I just we happened to be here. So how do we cope with things that we necessarily couldn't prevent?
1: First of all. Because we talk
0: about, like, making dumb decisions a lot.
1: Right. But you, 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 I think, one, you, you don't ever want to use language or mindset that's powerless. I'm not saying, a power, I'm not
0: saying it's powerless, but no one decided to, to live with COVID-19. Like, no one, no yes. one said, yep. let's, you know what? Let's have a casual pandemic. <laughs> and let's, let's wrestle with this, this. No one did that. So, so I'm not saying that we're powerless, but, but, but um, we weren't consulted in the decision. Right. Just right. like your birth. Just like we my did, birth. We did not consult
1: you at this. No. And so how
0: do you choose? How do you, I don't know if there's a choice. There's lots of choices you make every day and that you have to choose to live and be happy and be joyful, but it's not really a risk I wanted to take. It's also not really a, a risk I'm even sure of that is risky, right? Like when I go out into the water, there's a certain level of risk each time I go out, Right. right. I know that there's sharks in there. There's no question there's sharks in there. There's sharks in there, and oftentimes I can't see of them. Mm-hmm. So just the same way that there's pandemics
1: all around us, we just don't always know which ones will affect us. Right. I guess there's a part of me that goes, the person who stands on the shore that's afraid to go into the water, who really wants to surf, that's the person that's allowing the fear to shape their life rather than their intention. But aren't we all that person right now
0: in all of this? None of us, were like, I trained for this moment, maybe except for epidemi- was an epidemiologist. <laughs> no, like yeah. maybe other than them. They <laughs> didn't really train
1: for this moment either, but right, like clearly Dan otherwise Bill we would Gates, we would like, already
0: have this thing solved, right? Right. And, no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like no. I think yeah. I mean
1: yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. So here, here's the thing. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I think the surfing analogy deals with real possibilities that could create disproportionate fear. So the likelihood of a good swimmer like yourself drowning is lower. The likelihood of being eaten by a shark is very low. And, but another person could be debilitated. They could be paralyzed by that possibility because the fear actually shapes their inner world. Hmm. In this particular situation, you refuse to let the fear shape your inner world. You decide that the outcome of the joy of the experience is worth the risk.
0: Yes, so now transfer that to civilization, as we know it, in this moment. The
1: overarching thing you have to decide is, is, is life worth the risk? And when I say life, I mean the life that you feel created to live. And But then, is it that ominous of a question, or is it more simple? It's probably more simple, but I like starting with the really complex.
0: Okay, so let's go <laughs> macro first.
1: <laughs> This idea that we have to choose to live,
0: and is life worth it, and what will we do with this life?
1: Right, because you're saying we didn't choose the pandemic. Right, I would say we didn't choose right. the pandemic, we and didn't I, choose COVID. And I'm keeping it connected to the metaphor, you didn't choose sharks in the water, you didn't choose the fact that humans can't breathe underwater. water. There are realities that are outside of our control, and we have to live within those realities and still choose the life we want.
0: Right, and, and maybe to, like, to create a juxtaposition, and, 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 and this is a loose one, and this is not like politically charged by any because sure. we well, talked about it mostly okay. in the last one. Be politically like,
1: charged if you want COVID
0: nineteen versus BLM, Black Lives Matter movement. Right. We chose to protest. We chose to stand up for something despite the risks. That's like surfing. And I'm not saying that as a simple but I'm talking about this idea. We know the risks. We knew the rewards. We decided that the reward of everyone being free and have this this, this reality of freedom is far more um, valuable than the risk of catching COVID nineteen. But I'm saying but living in a COVID nineteen world where's the where's the we know the risk but what is the reward we say that like you won't kill your grandmother or that, like people won't die and the spread will, will diminish and that will kill um will kill the disease you know that's a bad word but i'm saying like we'll eradicate this disease and end and what is it called flatten the curve of the first second wave but like the ocean it seems that things have waves and we can't decide when they do and like this pandemic it feels like we have no say in the matter even when we've done our best
1: right I, for me now, after several months of reflection, paying attention to all this and trying to be a fairly educated and-
0: You're very educated. I'm the
1: fairly educated one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it seems to me that the quarantine is our version of don't get in the water. It's too dangerous out there. Mm. That, uh, and so you can't surf because there are too many dangers in the water we've made COVID-19 sharks in the water and the potential for drowning and then of course if you surf someone who can't swim as well may go surfing too so you might affect them and they lose their life because of the choice that you've made yeah and the reality is that from h1n1 to um, SARS to uh, AIDS to 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 influenza um to tuberculosis to every um, different kind of virus or disease that's out there. We live, in a, we live in an ocean filled with danger in the water. And then we have to decide if we're going to swim this water or be paralyzed. I feel like what's happened in the quarantine is that we've all jumped on this little island and said we need to stay on this island because it's too dangerous to get back in the ocean, which is actually life. It's, it's a fascinating metaphor now. But that's not as much as what we wanted to talk about, but I do think that a part of the problem is that humans are not intended to, to live in this kind of isolation.
0: We're not meant to stay on the shore. We're not meant to watch life happen.
1: And slip away, because we don't get these days back.
0: We do not get these days back, and I, have, I struggle with the reality that we are losing so much life.
1: Yeah, it, it uh, strangely reminded me of the movie that Tom Hanks was in. I can't remember the name of it. It's probably that World War II, though. No, no, when he was uh, stranded on castaway. an island. cast away and he took uh, the volleyball of Wilson and created his own uh, companion, <laughs> you know? And, and a part, uh, which I love that movie, by the way, and Ty Hanks was brilliant. But a part of the, the story and part of the, the study of it is that a human being desperately needs human connection. Mm-hmm. And so he turns a volleyball into a friend. And for us to act like human beings are designed to live in isolation is not a realistic understanding of humanity, mm-hmm. and and so I'm I am deeply concerned because in yes. the middle of this time people are having to cope with things that at a level that the, perhaps I've never had to cope with. And one of the things that we've talked about, um, even as, you know with with our team, was that if you had stuff going on in your life before the quarantine, you may have not had to pay attention to it because you were moving fast and working hard and making sure there's a lot of noise in your life. And so if you're if there was stuff in your life, whether it was emotional or psychological or relational. We're, or we're, spiritual. Dis- we're distracted. Yeah. We're distracted d- culture. So, yeah, so distraction was our uh, was our alcohol that yeah. had kept was, us with dealing with the real issues. it was our, our means to
0: escape, right? We yeah. have an escapism complex in our culture.
1: Yeah. And so not only then now do we lose our work and we lose our play. And we lose our social life and we lose our friends and we lose um, all the distractions in life but just to be really petty um, there are no new tv shows (laughs) basically all sports are, are are gone so we lose our entertainment well and they're coming back and it's coming back at like a fraction of the quality but at least for months here it was almost as if all the noise somebody pulled the plug and now it goes to silence. And now you're having to deal with this inner world that you maybe haven't been paying attention to.
0: Well, it's kind of interesting, right? Like it, it, it almost, and I just, it feels like the awakening of the matrix. When Neo takes, has the choice with Morpheus to take the red pill and the blue pill, yeah. right? And he, and he chooses to take the pill that, that, that pulls him from the matrix. And and not and not only would his eyes be opened for a moment, but f- for forever. hmm And I can't actually remember which pill it was. Was it the red pill or the blue pill?
1: I don't remember. I don't remember.
0: That's so interesting. Research team? Um, anyways, we don't have a research so, so we, team. So we take, we take, yeah, you're like, <laughs> analysts. Um, we, but, but, but his eyes become opened. He gets pulled from the matrix and what he realized is that he, it was actually like a very bleak existence that he was living in. That humanity was in dismay and destruction, everything was gray, His, everyone's hair was shaved, you know, they, all had, they had all these holes in them, they were barely living,
1: and... So the question is, would you rather live in a beautiful illusion or an ugly reality?
0: And maybe that's the issue: is that, unlike the Matrix, the reality around us is actually quite beautiful.
1: Mm. Oh, that's good. Third choice. Never let anyone limit you to two.
0: No, but 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 <laughs> but it is leaving. It is leaving. Like we had this conversation a lot. Like I I love LA. I've grown up here my whole life, but it's leaving cities to kind of be these bleak, hollow mm. shells. Mm-hmm right of what used to be and what what was because if you can't like to me the only value in cities is that you have this this um, ant what are they called ant hill colony colony yeah. just people stacked on people which most people would have anxiety over how hectic LA and New York are or Singapore or mm-hmm. Taiwan or Hong Kong but like what makes it really beautiful is that there's people and there's there's yeah and, like good food is nothing without people, yeah. right? And then, and then, and no offense, but like when you're around the same people all the time, oftentimes we find ourselves talking about nothing at times, or the same things again and again. And it's now, like ru- now
1: you're they're making it really personal. No, no, but but I, but I mean it like this. I mean like this. Like
0: like we, we. It's only so many times you can do a Rubik's cube before you've got to do a puzzle, something yeah. else, right? Like, yeah. and 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 so it's it's how I think sometimes the beauty of life, or maybe all the things that were distracting us, brought in a different dynamic that helped us. Yeah, maybe escape from from certain moments, but also helped like like heighten our in, our daily lives, and interactions. And not all of it was negative. But how do we, I don't know, how do we come to terms? How do we cope that the new world is different?
1: All right, so let's let's talk about some practical things, right? Because um, people are having to cope from things like loneliness or depression, anxiety, stress, fear, and and. So maybe we could just be transparent and share some of our own coping mechanisms along the way. Okay, you want to start first? Oh yeah, thanks a lot. Oh, yeah. I can go. No, no. i can do
0: <laughs> Call of Duty, <laughs> cycling, um, Downton Abbey, and I don't know. We surfed until the beaches got closed, and then they kind of got opened, but then there's no surf now. So.
1: But also, I saw a look in your eyes when they closed the beaches again.
0: It that was a hard day. Yeah. That was a hard day. Because I, I think, you know, not always. It's I think it's a it's a harsh reality when you realize you have freedoms and then your freedoms go away. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you re, you kind of feel this like trapped feeling of isolation of oh wow I, even though I didn't necessarily want to go to the beach and surf I can't now, and it takes away my options and I don't know maybe it is maybe maybe it's we have a culture of too many options and to escape and 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 we're having to cope with ourselves and ourselves aren't I don't know can you help us. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I think we both face two great challenges. One, um, you're single, mm-hmm. so when you go home, you're alone, mm-hmm. and the world stops. So it's, how do you date? How do you yeah. meet people? Yeah,
0: because d- even if you meet people on dating apps or Instagram or through friends or Facetimes, or w- it's it's not the same. It's not the same. Of you don't know if you like someone through a through an app or through <laughs> you know, like.
1: Eventually, <laughs> you got to meet each other. Eventually, somewhere you got to
0: connect, and what do you do at that point? Yeah,
1: right. You know, and so I feel like that's a there's a, there are millions of people who are facing what you're facing, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I'm on the other side of it. I've been married for 36 years, and so strangely enough, we have the challenge of being married.
0: <laughs> and,
1: uh, Which, uh,
0: I might say that your challenge is harder than mine.
1: <laughs> five months into it, I, the other day, uh, your uh, mom and I had a fight. And um Five months into it had another fight. No, we've been fighting and uh, but we had to fight a fight the other day And and I thought to myself diffuse it fast Move fast to humility And so I said hey, i'm an idiot Uh, I can't I can't do this without you And then she looked at me. She said she might said you are an idiot (laughs) No, you can't do this without me. No, no, and she said I don't know if I can even do this with you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and, I went to, and I looked at
0: my volleyball and said, Wilson, I love you. <laughs> and he said nothing back. No, my volleyball and I said nothing back. But and uh, What's the other one? What's the second challenge?
1: Uh, well, I, I, I think some of it is um, regress. Like I think a part of the problem is that when everything stops, it feels as if all your progress stops too. And, and so you can actually move to regress. There's a lot of ways of like, deal you know of, of observing that would be like getting unhealthy, gaining weight, um, or losing weight depending on on a person's body yeah. composition. Um, I could, uh, losing your your mental health, um, losing your your sharpness, um, not being as productive. Yeah. And and you have to develop coping strategies mm-hmm. for those kinds of things. E- eating unhealthy, like for me, eating became incredibly boring because it just seemed like the only the same places were available yeah. with the same options, or you cook. And um, and it just became, after a while, a little tedious for us. Yeah, I
0: mean, you guys were cooking a lot. And I was coming over and cooking with you and learning and, and spending time. And there's only, I mean, when you're cooking three meals a day for four and a half months, for a family that's not used to even being in town longer than a week usually, like we, I, th- think I got on 40 something planes last year. Yeah. And you probably got on triple that
1: maybe uh, quite a few,
0: right? So like, yeah. you think about most weeks we were traveling yeah. and, and even the start of this year in January, we traveled every week and, and you did in February and almost in March until p- the pandemic shut down. Mm-hmm. And it was coping with the new reality of like, how do you, this is the longest you've ever been at home ever.
1: Yep, and all like in you know, my probably. entire, pretty much, adult life. Right.
0: Yeah. This is the longest, I think it's the most consecutive days in a row that I've ever seen you. Mm-hmm. You used to travel growing up and yeah. travel every week and fly. Out. And I'd see you a lot that during the week when you were here, but there was always three or four days where you were speaking or traveling or consulting or doing something with the business and, or doing something with church and doing something with your life. And, and it is odd. It's pre-FaceTime. And it's odd. And then you re- like I realize I grew up with the reality of having a great dad and only saw him a few days a week. And now I see you seven days a week, and I'm like, I was good with three. <laughs> it's a gift to see you seven. But you know, like
1: I think we realized your mom was good with three too. No, no. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm
0: saying? Like you feel you feel like you feel grateful, and then you feel like it's an abundance. And then I kind of go like, okay, my coping mechanism isn't necessarily seeing you more.
1: But but a part of the challenge is like what do you talk about when you're together all the time and you're ready to have every conversation? Yes. And, and you can't say, what you do today? Because I did the same thing you did. You know, And I saw everything you did. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that's been a part of the, 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 so so here's some of my coping mechanisms
0: that I've taken on. And I hope you know it's an absolute gift to see you every day, I, I, I mean that. We've joked about how we've yeah. seen each other. We see, like
1: we have a routine. We do our own thing in the morning and then come see each other. Yeah, in the afternoon, yeah. and. So one of the things is I, I'm a more introverted person. And, and so I, um, I have to find a way to disappear just for at least an hour or two. You know, whether it's to get on my little bike and- Like an electric bike and you a, kind of roll around- I down. have a little electric bike and I just put headsets in and I put on now the, the playlist you sent me, seven, and, um, and I just disappear for an hour or two and I just ride, let the wind blow, listen to music, pray, think, and it allows me to have that inner space. And I, I, it's hard to explain, Kim would say, but you can be alone anywhere in the house, it's just not the same. It's not the same, and
0: the reality is you're never alone with Kim McManus. No, because she, she's such an extrovert.
1: Yeah, and she thinks, I'm, she, she thinks I'm alone when she's every few minutes asking me another question. Yeah. You know, and being sweet. Would you like something to eat? Would you like some fruit? And would you like- And she projects her man? isolation. Yes,
0: I'm by myself, so he must be lonely. so yeah. I gotta go say hi to him. Man.
1: And and so that's one of my coping me- mechanisms is giving myself permission to disappear. And uh, I found myself getting super anxious if I turned my phone off, I'd be worried that something would happen to you or to Mariah or to Kim or to someone, and then you couldn't get a hold of me in the middle of a crisis. And so I realized that I was in my mind carrying an impending crisis every second. Mm the weight of carrying a crisis that never comes is overwhelming. And so I've had to release myself from the impending crisis and go, if an impending crisis does come while my phone is off, it doesn't mean I'm irresponsible.
0: (laughs) uh, It's just life and it happens at times. Yeah. And okay, so one of the things I've been coping with, well, one, being in community with you, having such a close relationship, you know, I think, We've gotten even, I feel like we've gotten even closer. I feel more comfortable being honest and open about things that I'm struggling with and going through. Um, and I think it's been interesting because I think the question, how are you, that's been always pre- predicated with the, the natural response of I'm good, kind of goes away because no one's really good. Everyone's just kind of figuring things out in a new world in a new reality. And And, and people keep saying the new normal, but I don't like love that term. Mm-hmm it isn't normal no but it, it is new
1: it's an abnormal and irrational response the world hasn't changed our response to the world has changed
0: yes so i cope i usually play video games with my friends online like pretty late which has like not been the healthiest thing probably mentally as far as like the amount of sleep i was not getting in the beginning and i think everyone was okay with it because i think we all thought oh it's just like a month and catch up a couple times a week and play and, and, and hang out and catch up and no one was really seeing each other so it was kind of our way of staying connected and then I got into cycling I f- tracked down like the only bike I could find in Southern California I had to drive to San Diego to go get it and 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 that's been really interesting like an energy release and getting and just getting I think the chemical balance of my mind right and physical um, physically challenging, mentally challenging, understanding a new system of how to change gears and to like go on rides and, 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 and doing that has like helped me with peace. But then there's just this, I don't, I, I don't know always how to cope and, and we do different things. Mom cooks, mom's been like really kind of attacking how to cook, like cook vegan, you've been vegan for the last- Six days. Six days, it feels like 60 days.
1: I never thought I'd be a vegan for one day. But um, we've been doing this cleanse together. Yeah. And, uh, but you had this great statement about when you were feeling depressed.
0: Yeah, I texted you, and I was, and, and I, in and July 7th, I know I wrote this down because I was like feeling, maybe the first time in my life I was feeling massively depressed, like on a level in which I didn't feel I could um, handle on my own. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I needed to get help. And I feel like there's been moments where I've needed to talk to someone or maybe see a therapist or see a counselor or, life coach or something like that. And I have, and, and you've always been really supportive in helping me track down the right people and find the right people. So being a support, we talk a lot. So that is sad, because I guess I had to talk even more than what we talk, and, and, but I felt like I hit a, a wall where I was kind of beyond a level of depression, and, and, and it was getting maybe dangerous for my own health. And, and, and then my birthday was two days later, which was always a weird day for me. I don't love my birthday, and so it was just tough. It was an uphill battle. And, and then it was, and then I got like an incredible offer for a job, which was interesting because we were, we got this new project. We we're going to, and then within a week that kind of fell apart. So it was kind of all of these things that were like shifting and changing. And, and I realized maybe I don't do so well with change. So it was like trying to doing a lot of introspective reflection of like, how, how can I attack this? And, and I texted you one afternoon or night and, and said, I don't think I'm depressed as much as I think I'm undisciplined because mm. when I'm. When I regained these disciplines in my life—eating healthy, working out, going to sleep at a certain time, waking up at a certain time—you know, staying consistent with things I can be consistent with—I um, I was, I was feeling happier and feeling more, more um, focused and, and and less down and emotional and always emotional to some degree. But you know, and, and I think, and I that takes you to that. I said I think I don't I don't think I'm struggling with depression. I think I'm struggling with discipline in this time. And so we've been having that
1: conversation
0: now i'm just ranting cuz i'm
1: no that's really good i think it's really important for people too and and it, and it's n- not just discipline in general it's picking disciplines that actually help you become better whether it's biking every day and choosing to be healthy and eating right every day and and you know when when kim came to me and said hey i want to do this cleanse i i said all right i'm in let's do let's do it together and it's 21 days and and uh, it sounded like a nightmare to me but uh, and then she goes, "Okay, we don't get to eat meat for the first eight days." And I went, "Oh, okay." okay. So you're only vegan for two more days. And uh, and <laughs> and then you're we get to add vegan. Then we get to add fish and things okay. like that. And and over the twenty-one days, you have to do all these different things. And um, it's been wonderful. What's been amazing to me was, um, and maybe it's just taking on a project of making myself healthier. Yeah. You, you know where where you're just pushing yourself to, to be more disciplined, to create more structure right. for yourself, yeah. for your inner world. Um, I have, I didn't miss meat one time. Yeah. I didn't miss bread. Um, I've felt really great. And, and I actually am excited about the fact that we've been doing it together. And there's been some tough days and some days I felt so weak. I barely had the energy to, to move. <laughs> and, uh, but, um, you're setting a new discipline in your life. Yeah, and I think that, that, that's a part of it, is you have to give yourself goals. You have to make progress as a human being.
0: And we, t- we talk about that a lot, because you're not really goal-oriented, though.
1: Well, yeah, well,
0: I mean, I write books. Not on, on a micro level, on a macro level. Yeah. But you wouldn't say that the, the writing the book was the goal. You'd say changing the world is the goal. Yes. And you wrote a book because you enjoy it, and, it and it's hard. to accomplish that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I it, don't know, you, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny because um, on one of the assessments that we've had to deal with in the past, um, they said that.
0: What do you mean assessments we had to deal like, with? Like it? the Berkman and right, all these right. different things. No, explain, Strength that. Finder. Ex- explain that, explain like, that. We use a lot of assessments. In, in the world of Enneagram, but like far more developed. Yeah, far
1: more complex, more developed. Um, we you know we started years ago with the uh, this Myers-Briggs and the DISC and the Strength Finder and um, I've gone to um, Gallup and used to work as um, You know advisor for them as senior scientist and in those kinds of roles and um, and Then they found this assessment called the Berkman. That's really complex and and one of the things they talk about is that I don't actually I'm not I'm not inspired by short-term goals mm-hmm. I'm, I'm inspired by macro big picture goals that drive me forward that are impossible to achieve. And so I'm t- I tend to be inspired by goals that will never be accomplished. Do
0: you ever feel like you fall short? All the time. But does it not mess with your psyche at all?
1: I expect myself to fail and I expect myself to fall short. I think the fun is in attempting the impossible.
0: It's interesting. I was reading an article, I was actually reading uh, Jeff Bezos, his, um, I guess, address to Mm -hmm. whatever the Senate Council Committee that he was speaking to today, uh, Mark Zuckerberg, um, the CEO of Google, his name slips my mind, and I think it was Tim Cook from Apple, but he talked about how Amazon, he designed Amazon to be a place where they they make failures, where they fail constantly, Mm. consistently. And he's like, we have billions of dollars worth of failures. Yeah, that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, and I think that even the coping strategy there, because, like, you you, you carry failure very heavily.
0: Yeah. I carry failure like a boxer. <laughs> you carry failure like... I don't know. What would be a, great, a good example? Maybe like a basketball team. You, you're going to fail a lot. Yeah. You're going to fail... You might fail 25% of the time, but you're still going to the playoffs. <laughs> you still have a shot for the championship.
1: Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I, I think for you, life is like a golf tournament. And you... It's trying like, to get the lowest score. Yeah, and to make as few mistakes as possible. Right. And to get it perfect. Yeah. A hole-in-one is the ideal. Yeah. And you'll never be happy until you have 18 hole-in-ones. And so until you hit an 18, you've failed. Yeah. And I'm more like a basketball player going, I missed 60% of my three pointers, but I hit 40% of them. So I'm awesome. You're, you're a baseball player. You can, yeah. you can, you can bat 300. Yeah, and it's still a, it's still got a zero and a decimal in front of him. Yes, but you spent your whole life going, I'm a 70% failure. It's, I've swung the bat seventy percent of the time missing everything.
0: Oh, I, I don't think I could mentally handle baseball.
1: So a coping strategy for me the is the entirety <laughs> of your,
0: your economic value is based on how little failures you have.
1: You have to celebrate small victories. And so you have to have big dreams, but you have to celebrate small victories. And and which is ironic because you carry failure heavier, but you don't give yourself permission to celebrate small victories.
0: No, but I'm not that I don't really care about the victory as much as I care about the win.
1: Okay, talk about that. Explain. I don't.
0: That. It doesn't make any sense. And maybe I'm gonna re-say it. I don't know if I care about the victory as much as I care that we won and didn't care about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the trophy. Like you, know, like you know what I mean. And maybe it's an elitist mentality. And I don't think it's a. No, I would say that
1: if you won but you didn't feel like you guys did it perfectly, you still would be unhappy. My
0: victory, yeah, the victory, <laughs> like the win for me is irrelevant to the person I've beaten, right? Mm-hmm. I actually don't, if I actually think about the person that I'm beating, I would rather help them win because I care more about their emotions. Mm-hmm. You, I don't have quite like that thing that's, I'm going to destroy the
1: opponent. I remember when you were on the hockey team you, and you knocked the player over. You could have gone. I picked him back and up. And you went back and picked him up. I think your I could have scored. Your coach is screaming, like, leave him <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I don't have that.
0: <laughs> I think it's why. I think it's why I've like maybe picked up a fascination for Formula One racing because it, a lot of it has to do with you're working with a team, which I think I find interesting, against other teams, but it's primarily focused on your. Um, execution execution your ability the prep work and you can get taken out by another team but the goal is never to take out another team it's just to be fastest right. and faster than yourself
1: but that seems again that's a that's that's a sport that's about perfection
0: yeah. <laughs> refinement 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 right and how so okay so how do you so to keep it <laughs> in line with the theme how do you cope with Failure, how do you cope with maybe how do you how do you understand
1: goals? right? Yeah, I, I, I think one thing is you have to move away from the mindset of personalizing negatives. like you you can fail without being a failure. Give me an example That's one. You
0: give me a life, Give me a life example. You use me as like autopsy. okay. Um, don't go too
1: don't go too deep all right let's say that you had (laughs) give me a little bit of (laughs) you had a message but it didn't go well which one no i just say let's say you had a message and and
0: i spoke a message on a platform and it didn't go well and you felt like you failed let's use an actual example me in malaysia in 2018 but in KL. Okay, I, wait a minute. Thundering
1: rain on the aluminum ceilings. The yes, sound yeah, was yeah, yes. deafening inside <sighs> the auditorium. No one in the world would have been able to keep their uh, mind straight. It
0: was yes. a. It was a. It was a. It's my first opportunity to speak anywhere. Anywhere, quite big, definitely the first conference. Mm-hmm. And it, the first thing that wasn't a q and A, or wasn't yeah. with you, it was my own like speak with on your own. Mm-hmm. And not only is it like us and our—it was just me and you. I think Albert and Kevin. There's guys from Hillsong there. There's guys from all over the world. All over the world. And I just—and you know—the worst thing about conference speaking is that, like, you go to speak at a youth group or you speak at like another church that no one really knows. It's pretty safe. Like, that thing's getting buried. <laughs> but when you speak like on an international stage, no matter how big or small it is, it's gonna go somewhere. Yeah. And we're, and if it's bad, it. Especially being your son, like, if it's bad, it doesn't stay. It goes pretty quickly, like, oh, you did pretty bad. That guy did pretty bad. You know, I had other people giving me condolences, like, oh, I heard about the rain and the roof, and, like, are you okay? (laughs) Am I okay? Yeah, I I don't, yeah. It was pretty, it was bad. Like, the moment I stepped on stage, I'm so jet-lagged. This is the second day we're in KL, Mm -hmm. right? We land, we have lunch with, like, our... Kevin Liu and the amazing people, his wife Esther, and then the next day I'm up on platform. I'm so jet lagged, and it not only like did I I didn't preach in the morning. I preached like after lunch, which is like the is the worst spot. Whenever they give a speaker after lunch is the worst spot. You got to earn
1: the better spots. You got (laughs) to earn the better spots.
0: I don't deserve the morning spot. I don't deserve the evening spot. But, But did I deserve the lunch after lunch spot? It was so bad. And 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 I went to speak, and 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 I'm and, and jet lag hits me like thirty minutes before. I'm just trying to stay alive, like awake. And then the rain starts, and not rain, but like monsoon rain. Yep. In in the building was the tin roof. Yeah. Beautiful building, but like they don't need they yeah. don't need I, um what is it called um
1: insulation insulation. So it's just t- no, they definitely need <laughs> insulation. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 overlooked that one detail. So Let's you're in there. Example, so you're yeah. speaking middle of a, uh, a drum set and It's going insane. You're jet lagged. You're nervous. It doesn't go well and
0: oh, And I'm feeling I'm
1: getting like sweaty thinking about it right now, right? So you can you can decide Okay um, One I wouldn't call it a failure. I was there but even if, well, if, you're my dad and you love me. I you come from the
0: generation you. that gave everyone AYSO trophies for any, <laughs> anything that we did well, just to keep on. You keep get going, a participation going. trophy yes, <laughs> for
1: that one. And, uh, but you can walk away and go, um, that didn't go as well as I hoped, but I know how to, But I'll I'll improve and, or you can walk away going, I can't do this. You can walk away saying, I failed, or you can walk away saying, I'm a failure. And if you absorb things in a personal way and say, I'm a failure, you won't be able to have coping mechanisms because life is full of failures. And so you're going to constantly hit things that will tell you you're not good enough or you're not going to succeed or you're not going to make it.
0: Yeah, I mean, mo- I think it, it is an interesting paradigm that we live in that we expect most things to accept us exactly the way we are versus, and it's different than being true to yourself, but understanding that we have to like be the better version of ourselves the next time we show up,
1: every yeah. time we show up. And it's you've worked, you worked really hard to get better. I did go back, but no- No, keep, the next day you into, did great. You I, flew to I, another city. I flew to another city. And they said
0: you were fantastic. They were They were much nicer. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> And I don't think they got a lot of guests, which, 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 um, <laughs> <laughs> which, which, um, which, which, to be like really honest, like I think looking back at it now, and I go, I'll, I'll never not, I will always go to that small little city that invites me mm-hmm. to that little church because of how accepting they were of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, but with that, use my failure. Keep talking about, you know, how do you cope with failure? Yeah, so, so just get back up and keep going. So I think
1: during this quarantine, if we could just like or any season of life anytime where you're facing an environment that feels suffocating where you feel like you're drowning right because we joked about calling this session uh, how to cope when you hate your life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you cope when you're just really bored right. so here's what I would say is you you have to um, think in a dichotomy like when you feel lonely you will choose to be alone and you have to force yourself to be with people
0: which can get really confusing for people who are kind of on that border of introver- introversion and yeah. extroversion where you're like, I need alone time. Because, you know, but being around people, I need to be around people as well. How do you? How, here's an easy way to know. When you're alone, are you getting better? Ooh. <laughs>
1: <And> I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna fill in the bubble, not always. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if when you're alone, you're getting better, right. then alone time is the
0: right solution. So then how do we make the time that we are on our own Um, how do we capitalize on the time that we have on our own to become better, to develop, to grow,
1: create personal goals? Like, so I, I created some personal goals. I've been finishing a book and, uh, and, um, and I had a hard time diving into it because uh, the one odd thing that I had a hard time with was focus. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so then I had to like get myself focused, but it began by, um, small steps, get myself in the room with the computer with my manuscript on it mm-hmm. just get there <laughs> and then i just stared at it and i think i told you that there i I, I, saw, I felt like i was having a staring contest with my manuscript yeah and um but i forced myself to take the the, the first steps to get to the good one yeah. and event and i just keep engaging it reading it and uh and eventually something broke through and i started feeling creative and i was able to engage the book and then it went fast mm-hmm. like once i was able to break through it went quickly um I made a i made a decision that what i weighed going into the um, quarantine would be the highest weight i would have however long this happened
0: to be disciplined in working
1: out and so i began to discipline and myself to healthy. To eat healthy run work out do something to keep myself moving even when i didn't want to and then some days i was barely moving <laughs> because i was so tired and i would tell myself something is better than nothing and and now that, that was like my internal statement to myself um if you get discouraged because you're only doing something you end up doing nothing yeah and that's that i think that's one of the great lies well i'm only doing this much so i might as well do nothing and so one of the ways you create coping strategies is doing the small something that moves you toward the big something yeah i kind of i i picture it like um
0: what it must have been like to be the first artist who Sculpted out of stone.
1: Wow, that's cool,
0: right? Yeah. They must have thought that guy was losing his freaking (laughs) mind. Like, hey, like your uncle over, like your brother over there, your husband over there is literally hitting a rock (laughs) with a knife.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He probably didn't even have the real tools. He probably
0: did it. He was probably hitting a rock with another rock, (laughs) with another rock, for hours and hours and hours and days and weeks and months and maybe years and then things were carved out of mountainsides. Mm -hmm. And that sounds really poetic, or maybe really ominous or big, but it does feel like, how do you survive the early stages where it feels crazy? I'm not gonna achieve what I went to get to that Well, I gave
1: it one more example, like uh, Kim, your mom. Answer my question real quick. No,
0: answer my question. That was a good thought, answer my question. How do you? How do you not go crazy while achieving the baby steps of the goal? The well, micro that's accomplishments. How gonna, that's how I was gonna,
1: that's that, my story was gonna answer that question. Well, t- t- give me the answer and then tell the story. Okay. The answer is find a way to create the world you're imagining. That's not an answer.
0: That's not an answer. That is not, that's not an answer. That is a tagline for a <laughs> tagline
1: for. Let me give you an a example. Disney company. No, then I'll give you an example and then you tell me if it answers the question. Okay. Your mom has been going nuts. And she said, are we always going to live in the city? And can I ever live on a farm? Can I ever be surrounded with greenery? Can I ever grow vegetables? Right. So she went through the process of building this little garden. I call it a farm and uh, it's not huge. But this week she put in tomatoes and like eight different kinds of hot peppers from mild to hot, um, romaine lettuce, green leaf lettuce, um, blueberries, strawberries. And she's building that garden that she's wanted us to move to create. She just found a way to create it in her little world. And so what I would say is you have to take ownership and go with whatever's within my power, I'll find a way of creating the world I need. And you may go, It's. That's not fair because I'm stuck in an apartment in the middle of the city, and I don't have this opportunity, this opportunity. What I would say is is you have to make choices to help build out your world to be a world you want to live in, in some way. and it, and is it ideal? No? Is it everything I want? No? Are there some things that drive me crazy? Yes, you know um you, you bugged me and bugged me and bugged me forever to read shoe dog like two years and so during the quarantine i think you have four copies of it because i bought you like three of them and yet first <laughs> time in my life i went ahead and bought it on an audiobook yeah. and i've never <laughs> listened to a book in my life no. and yeah. I, I loved it yeah and i felt but it and it wasn't just that it was so interesting and thought-provoking and inspiring and informative it also took me out of the mundane world that we're kind of trapped in, and allowed me into into a different world, mm. and so I've been auto auto booking audio booking audio booking like uh, yeah. yeah ever yeah. since then, mm. and almost every single day. Wow! Uh, because what are you reading right now. Well, I, I decided I wanted to go back to hear a book I read when I was ten. What book is it? Glory Road by Robert Heinlein, and so I went back and started listening because I thought I want to know what what narratives what mythology shaped my imagination when I was young. Mm. And so it was really interesting as an adult now, you know, all these years, you know, 50, 50 years later reading a book that I read then and, and realizing there's so many things there that shaped me. Mm. Uh, but, but the main thing is it lets me travel into another world. It lets me disappear and go in. It, look, your imagination is a universe without limitations. Your imagination is a universe without quarantine. And so if you use your imagination in a healthy way, you can actually use it as a place to escape and to grow and develop as a human being. And you know, I've been every single day for almost four months studying Portuguese. Yeah. Every day. Yeah, on,
0: on an app and just going after it. And you're texting your Brazilian friends. Yeah. Having conversations with them. And you, you, know,
1: and, and, you know, and so learning and studying. And so I'm just choosing to keep expanding my inner world. And I think it's one of the coping mechanisms for my life, mm. you know, a, as well. And, and so you have to find ways to create and to recreate yourself. Mm. But they're all based on your earlier statement about creating, about creating disciplines. Because mm. everything I'm talking about requires some discipline in your life.
0: Right? That's so interesting, yeah. I think oftentimes the goal we're trying to achieve is achieved by accomplishing a different goal right? Like yeah, I sometimes right. there's a chain reaction of achievement versus like a singular accomplishment of a goal and as that's the hard time hard thing that I have the hard time that I have with achieving certain goals of like dang, I can't achieve this because in order to do like in order to achieve a certain um, level of health you need to eat right
1: yes that's right
0: you can't you can't gain 20 pounds of muscle without eating the right amount of meals a day and consuming a certain amount of protein and a certain amount of health—it's the
1: right combination, combination of, yeah.
0: of, of achievements, right, to achieve a certain goal, a collective goal, and and that is the—that's where I—that's where I struggle. I I can I can accomplish a singular goal, and even then, I need people to finish it. I'm not a good finisher. I'm a good problem solver, identifier, and then releasing other people. Sometimes I think I feel trapped inside of my own mechanisms of how to achieve goals but
1: yeah I just think what's important in this time is one to realize everybody's struggling like we're all struggling with stuff you, you know and that wanting someone else to fix the problem is not a coping strategy waiting for the world to get better isn't a coping strategy hanging on for dear life until things go back to normal is not a coping strategy right and establishing disciplines in your life that make you better and make your environment better, that's a coping strategy. And uh, and and I and I thought your earlier example was so true because early on in the process I was running every day and working out every day, and not losing a single pound because I was still eating <laughs> garbage, right. you, you know. And and so what happens sometimes is we think, oh, I might as well give up this discipline and give up this discipline because it's not helping get where I need to go rather than going I need to add a third discipline and those three things together help me get where I want to go yeah you know I I, I, w- I had lost my creative energy for finishing the book but reading a book helped me have the creative energy f- for writing my book and so it, like bringing art and story into my soul allowed me to be more creative and bring art and story into my own book and and so those things are all interconnected along the way.
0: Yeah, any last thoughts? No, but I, I, I think I'm pretty settled on that last thought. I think that was really strong. And I also like, I've really enjoyed this, having this conversation on coping and, and doing, I think this podcast more frequently, I think takes a little bit of the weight of accomplishing everything at once. So maybe we just leave it there.
1: That's so good. And yeah, I think this is a good conversation. I'm excited about doing this every Friday or doing this every week and launching it every Friday. I love the fact that the people who join us will know we're going to be there for them every single week.
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that we want to do a better job at, and it, you know, something that we want to do better is connect with the audience, connect with our listeners, connect with our, our people that are listening to Battle Ready, and or part of our Mosaic family, or our you know uh, McManus Show family, or anyone who's who this comes across, who's listening to it or watching it, and and we want to connect, so there's an email we're gonna put. We want to get feedback. How are you coping? Oh yes. are, yeah, send us your coping strategy. You coping? We, will, we want feedback on anything, everything. You know, if it's negative, sure. If it's if it's if it's really negative, I'll probably just we'll send it to Austin and not read it. Um, but 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 you know, it's Aaron at battlereadypodcast.com. So if you go to Aaron at battlereadypodcast.com, you can email us how you're coping. You can email us topics you want to hear us talk about. Yeah. You can give us feedback. You can ask us questions. I want to do episodes where we just answer questions that people have asked. Um, That'd Q&As, be so Is there a way of rating
1: the show? There's a
0: way of rating the show, on iTunes. So, podcast. but, but there, you could only rate it a five, right? No, we can't ask them to rate <laughs> any certain type of way. So you know, if you hate us, uh, if you hate us, don't don't rate it. If you hate us, don't rate it. But if you have constructive feedback um you know give us a rating and 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 um well if and, you hate
1: it don't watch it
0: well i mean i would just find it i always find it interesting when people when people hate things and then comment their hate i'm like you're really bored and you need an outlet that's why we're creating the email aaron at battle Ready um no but you can you can you can comment and rate so go rate it on itunes it um we want to see the feedback, and
1: we want to, you know. And if you're enjoying it, do more sh- of this. Share it with your friends. Share it with your friends, of course. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Because yeah. we're gonna be here every week. Every week. Hey, this is good. Hey, I love you, my son. I love you too. All right.